With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Screen Talk is sponsored by Amazon Studios, presenting Cold War, a decade-spanning love story between two fatefully mismatched people in post-war Europe. Named Best Foreign Language Film by the National Board of Review and the New York Film Critics Circle, directed by Oscar winner Pavel Pawlikowski, it's great. Awards eligible in all categories. Welcome to Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, the executive editor and chief critic, joined as always by Ann Thompson, our editor-at-large. And Ann, it's been a busy weekend. Michael Cohen got three years in jail. And <laughs> <Thank> SAG- God. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the SAG Awards, I'm not sure what's the bigger deal. Michael Cohen going to jail or Regina King getting snubbed for Beale Street? What we have to remember is that if Beale Street could talk is a late entry, and this happens every year, like Quentin Tarantino, late late entry, uh, doesn't get nominated. You know, these things, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, Scorsese and, and Leonardo DiCaprio uh, didn't get nominated. So, so these things, ha- you know, Wolf of Wall Street, these things happen. Um, it's a question of timing. So you can look at it. Ethan Hawke didn't get nominated either, but you could say that all the critics' awards that broke, broke a little late for SAG. They didn't all necessarily register, but the Academy will. And they will watch First Reformed, and they will watch If Beale Street Could Talk, which are much more Academy films than the more mainstream, bigger SAG. But the thing to remember, so I'm going to say Ethan Hawke, Regina King, they're going to get in. But the thing to remember is that if you don't get a SAG ensemble nomination, the likelihood of winning Best Picture, because the biggest branch of the Academy is the acting branch, is very, very small. All right. So let's back up for a second, because this is a really important point. The big picture point to be made here is that unlike the other awards that we've seen so far from you know the, some of the critics' awards, the Golden Globe nominations, you're actually talking about a, a, overlap, real a, overlap. The, so there's SAG members who are real Academy supporters. And one of the things that's kind of interesting about the SAG nominees for Ensemble is that there's some stuff you would expect to see there, like a Stars Born, but other stuff that. And you Black know, Panther. Yeah, Black Panther, good sign, even if it didn't get all these acting. Black Klansman um, is the story of the day. That's very interesting. Because it had support, unlike Black Panther and Crazy Rich Asians, which. I don't want to. I don't want to take anything away from these deserving films, but the SAG voters were leaning in a bit for inclusion there. I suggest, deservedly, all good, but it's not going to necessarily translate to the Oscars, because the reason I can say that is because neither Black Panther nor Crazy Rich Asians got nominations in any other categories. Michael I'm B. Jordan sure. didn't get in, whereas I believe. Got both Adam Driver and John David Washington. But Spike's head is going to explode if he hears that, because obviously following the Globes, which was also very kind to Black Klansman, he probably thinks this movie's got an incredible amount of momentum. Now it does. It does. 
I mean, it, what, what's this really is fascinating real. is this that, is actually uh, real. This means that I mean, I I did do a Q and A, and I think you did it too. And I was Spike. I think your experience was probably the same as Mike. He knows how to work a room, man. He is great. People adore him. Oh, I mean, he's a he's a rock star, and he engages with people like a rock star. He will talk to every single person, literally sit down after a Q&A and, and receive people Santa Claus style one after <laughs> another for whatever they want to talk about. And, and that, that's true. The campaign is really working out for him. But I also thought what was what was I really appreciated about this. I mean, I do like Black Klansmen. I can see why not everybody. I mean, Spike's movies are, are just they do often divide people. There are certain things that some people think are on the nose or whatever. What I liked about these nominations with respect to that movie was John David Washington who's not being talked about enough. I, I really, know. I was delighted. He is one of the, the great breakout stories. That of said, he may, not, he may not get an Oscar nomination. We, we shall see. Um, that, that, that's not a, that, that is not a, a necessary crossover, but it helps him. It helps him to be taken seriously in that regard. That's a good thing. And so the movie itself was commercially successful over the summer. It's made, I don't know, what is it, close to... 80 million dollars or something like that internet over you know in, in its entire international gross that's pretty significant I mean, it's not a black panther story but it's uh but it's certainly enough to keep it in the conversation in a way that i think a lot of people weren't totally sure about even going back 88 worldwide that's it that's a very substantial number for that film um, and it did almost as well internationally as it did domestically which is also superb it's similar um, to the around Black Panther and that it's showing that this this myth of Black yeah, Panther. Yeah, exactly, exactly. True. Well, I mean, the question for Black Klansmen in, in the Oscar race is, I'm beginning to think that Spike Lee gets in, um, Brian Coogler gets in also, which is a remarkable thing to have two Never happened. Americans in, in the Best Director race. Spike is overdue. He should have been there a long time ago for an entire career. He could get in there. Um, but Kugler getting in there, I do, I do suggest that people watch this extraordinary piece of video from the LA Times. It's the director roundtable, and you've got Quaron and Lee and Kugler and Kusama and Lanthimos and uh, unaccountably Josie Rourke. I'm not sure what she was doing in there. The director of rookie director of Mary Queen of Scots, who is going to go back to the theater where she belongs. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but what was fascinating was how you you saw Ryan Coogler, who is, is a quiet, unassuming kind of guy, um, take over the conversation and you saw Spike Lee watching him with extraordinary pride and being thrilled at how he was, he was working it and no one knows how to work it better than Spike. So that gave, that's worth watching. It's also fascinating because Kugler has a gentler touch than Spike, even when Spike dials it down and, and charms people as opposed to... He's a showman. Yeah, he's a so provocateur. He, yeah, and Ryan Kugler is kind of more... He has this like air of humility about him, which is... It'll be interesting to see how that evolves when the guy's 32 years old. But uh, that... Well, he that, knows better than to not present humility. But what he does is he solidly, one step ahead of the other, makes arguments, makes points you see that the guy is super smart about everything 
and thoughtful about everything. And, and so is that uh, that campaign for that movie. I mean, you look at, at Coogler, not for nothing with Coogler, the runner-up for Times Person of the Year. Amazing. He came in sixth or something. I mean, just the fact that he was on that list at all, it, you know, as it, represent, it represents the, the way in which this movie has been a, a crossover success in so many ways, but also the way in which this, the campaign for this film has really been clicking to get so, that word out. I am continuing to think that Black Panther could be a major factor in the Oscars. The front runner remains at this stage. A star is born. And the other thing the SAG Awards did not help out was Roma, which wasn't expected to do well with this group because it's it's a lot of non-professional actors, not SAG members. It's just an art. It, it is it is an outlier as an art film in a, in a foreign language. It just wasn't going to happen. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen at the Oscars. It, it it's going to uh, that you know Roma is riding the success of the New York and LA film critics, which is a but, thing. But the thing is, uh, with respect to the performances in, in Roma, are you exclusively talking about Yelitsa Aparicio or we, do we see potential for, say, Marina de Tavira, who plays the, the you know, woman of the house? I don't think so. I, I've never believed that, one that she was going to write. She is a, she is a real, she's a theater actress, really. Um, but, but I would say, um, and she's one of the few professional actors in the film. I mean, most of them are non-pros. But right. It's all about Yalitza. Yalitza is the one, yeah, who who I think will make it to to Best Actress at the Oscars. But I think there's an, a question about. So we were talking about Kim. and Roma will make Best Picture. But but do you just because Roma is doing as well as it is? I don't think it's necessarily going to make it to to the win. That's that's the question mark. That'll be a, a fascinating question once we get to the nominations too. Assuming that it also has a foreign language nomination, which right, is, which is a first time thing. But I think yeah. also going back to the the performing question. And, you know, talking about how campaigning works with, with Spike and Black Klansman campaigning works with, with Black Panther, with Yalita Aparicio, who's been, you know, everywhere, but is also a total newcomer and perhaps most crucially does not speak English. She's, I wonder, better. She's learning. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, she hasn't done interviews that way. You know, I mean, okay. I, I just wonder about how that challenge has been impacting something like this. You know, she cannot be as familiar to people no matter how much campaigning she does. But Roma is doing well with the Academy. We've talked about this in the past. The Academy is broken up. I mean, when you look at the SAG Awards, that reflects this enormous branch of the Academy, the actors. But when you look at the Academy, there's the crafts branches, and then there's the actors, and then there's the more mainstream side, which is represented by the publicists and the... Um, executives and people like that. Yeah. So you you have um, something like Roma uh, or The Favorite. Even I mean, The Favorite has actors. They The Favorite did very well with SAG today. They're good to go. They're they're in good shape. But but the and and they did well with the broadcast film critics nominations this week, leading the field with with fourteen because it's a comedy. There's an extra category for them of comedy that adds. If Vice got a lot, so the, that was deceptive. Vice didn't do that well today. It only got um, it did not get a, a nomination for SAG Ensemble. And well, you could argue going back to a point you made earlier. This this movie screened very late. Indeed, uh, that is totally correct. Um, Screeners have gone out for Vice, but it probably too yeah. late. And Mary Queen of America, listen to me. Uh, another big surprise was Margot Robbie for Mary Queen of Scots. That was a shocker. 
did not. Yeah, what happened? That. I haven't even seen that one. It just you know I, what? I, that's about that's about pockmarks. I'm not kidding. It's about the fact that she's playing Queen Elizabeth, who gets smallpox and has this sort of dramatic uh, makeup. So, so it's a makeup. It's a makeup performance, just like Christian Bale. That's why he's going to win. Right. Well, I, he also can't forget about the weight gain. That's it's the weight up. gain, and we, but he's got Viggo Mortensen with the weight gain also. But but he's got the makeup. So so <laughs> transformation is 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 everything. Each but, pound is another vote. But I do not think Margot Robbie is going to end up being nominated for the for the Oscar. That's just unlikely. Um, I I do think that the the. Uh, outstanding performance by a female actor in a leading role is very interesting. I mean, obviously we've got people like Olivia Coleman holding on, Lady Gaga, Melissa McCarthy, and, and Glenn Close being the constants, but also now Emily Blunt is 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 really yeah, in there. today because she got a quiet place uh, supporting as well. I think Mary Poppins is coming on pretty strong with the crafts and with the actors. Um, and it's a long shot to actually make it to best picture, but I cannot, um, cause it's going to be a big hit over the holidays, but it is a family Disney movie sequel. There are all sorts of reasons why it won't be taken seriously at the end of the day by the Oscars. It's kind of a silly movie. Let's be honest. It's what fun and it's, and it's charming and it's very satisfying for people who love the original, but the music isn't nearly as, as strong as I can't remember any of those brothers. And I saw it a week or so ago, maybe two weeks ago. Right. And, and, and even the, I think it was the globes didn't even nominate it for any of the songs. So, so I, um, but it's, it's really, uh, Mary Poppins is, is going to, Emily Blunt could get in for best actress, but she could not get in. I mean, she's, better in a she's on the bubble at this point. But there's a whole long list of people who are just out at this point. Movies that won't, you know, Catherine Hahn and Paul Giamatti uh, for Private Life, Carrie Morgan for Wildlife, Kira Knightley for Colette, uh, Charlize Theron for Tully, uh, Tony Collette for Hereditary, uh, Eighth Grade, which, uh, you know, Brosman Pike, who we both admired tremendously. They're all gone. This well, is yeah, some of those are like. You know, it's nice to see that Rosamund Pike got a, got a Globe nomination. That was kind of a surprise. But then, you know, so, some of the others, you remember, Tony Collette, that's kind of surprising. But it also, it's a, that's a, just a competitive category. So but some- with the Globes, you're talking about 90 people. So it's it's an idiosyncratic group. They can decide. They, they, they do try to see everything. But with the SAG and with Oscars, it's much more of a volume game. You need a number of people to see something and be passionate about it. And if they don't see it, then nothing happens. These films I just listed, these are all worthy performances, but people didn't see them. Yeah, no, it's it, it, it is interesting. I am I'm glad about that favorite momentum, given that the favorite was shut out of New York Film Critics Circle, which I was kind of bummed about. It's it you know it did pretty well with the Globes, but it's not it's not the same kind of obvious Oscar movie that A Star Is Born is because it's a, it's wacky and I love it. Obviously, it's my favorite movie of the year, so I, I would like to see that movie continue to be a popular favorite. Although I understand that Star Is Born has the edge because it's freaking Star Is Born. But all right, so another movie that did surprisingly well in the sense that it got an ensemble nomination is Bohemian Rhapsody. Which, by the way, I I can tell you that just walking around, going to various events around town, 
Vice is playing very well with the Academy, but I think it will get a hit when the reviews come out because it will get mixed reviews. It won't be a consensus thing. Um, but um, Bohemian Rhapsody is a popular favorite. People love this movie. They just do like Academy it. members love the movie, or do they just really respect him as this rising star? Well, that's what will end up happening, is that the actors clearly love this movie, so it will be Rami Malek. He will get nominated. I, I, I grant you this now. But um, <clears throat> I can't imagine it being nominated for Best Picture. No, it's just not a... It's just- it's ridiculous. Everybody knows it's a that. makeup thing, uh, and and you know, again, it's it's sim- it's a similar shapeshifter uh, thing to Christian Bale. Very it similar. It seem that Vigo has recovered from that that N word flap at least. I don't know. I'm. I mean, again, the SAG nominations were early, so I think there's some sticky elements to Green Book. But honestly, anecdotally, people love the movie. A lot of people will say to me something along the lines of, yeah, I heard about that, but I love the movie anyway. That's what they'll say. Well, it'll get a final push in the beginning of the year because you've got, well, we'll see what happens at the Globes. And then on the two days later will be the NBR, so they can do some speeches stuff there. That won't have much impact, though. But then it'll get some, some red carpet love and some... Yeah. Yeah, it'll it'll still be out there for another several weeks. It's really hard to imagine it sinking. At this no, point. it's doing really well. I mean, Green Book, Green Book should have been a slam dunk all the way to Best Picture. So I guess what I'm saying now, it's a different game now. I mean, it's not going game. to be there. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got Melissa McCarthy and Richard E. Grant. They're for doing fine. They're That's doing great. great. So. It's it's a it's kind of fascinating to see what's fallen away and what what's hanging on. And well, yet, close as steady as they go too, you know. And yeah. Timothy Chalamet, people like that, they're they're getting the love where they need to get the love. Where I don't know, for example, they left out Sam Elliott um, at the at the Globes, which was sort of surprising. He's here, you know. There's, there's no problem with that. And Adam Driver could go in, could go out. We don't know where he will end up. You know. I do appreciate SAG's uh, stunt ensemble award because that's something that <laughs> on its own, and most people don't think about these things very often. So I, it's neat that Buster Scruggs got in there. I'm sure mo- most people were not thinking about the stunt achievements in that film relative to the other ones that are in there that are you know blockbusters like Mission Impossible, Black Panther, etc. So that's that's kind of cool. Although I guess Buster Scruggs is not really a serious contender for anything else. No, that. no. They've campaigned though. It's been it's been in the conversation, as it were. It's just people not like it. People like the movie, but it, it it just you you need it you need it to be one story, not not several. You know. There were some other awards updates prior to the SAG Awards over the over the weekend. We got the Los Angeles Film Critics winners, yeah, Roma, right? Yeah, no surprise there. Roma continues its sweep of the critics groups, which is they need that. Of yep. course, there yep. were some surprises too. I mean, Deborah Granick won Best Director. I loved that. I loved that they did that. And I actually was talking to some of the women who are in, who are members of that group who pointed out that it wasn't just the women who voted for her because there are only eight out of some 30-something yeah. people in that group who are women. So the men were on there too, which is great. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, people always make assumptions about the way these groups operate, but ultimately it is a numbers game. You need support for something in order for it to win. So that's not surprising. I do think that, okay, I will watch Leave No Trace again. I thought it was 
solid, but I, it, not exemplary the way. Yeah, that, you haven't been as high on that film I as have I have, been, and I have but, to say I'm gratified. But that, I think that it's when been, people see it, they like it. It's it's not it's not an unsatisfying movie, and it's very well acted. I also think that there's been an interesting I don't want to say you know whisper campaign, but it's it's been pushed out there in a way that's been relatively subtle but noticeable, and that people are still talking about it and being reminded about it. It came out early in the year, kind of like first performed, and it wasn't a phenomenon in the same sort of way, but it it did get good reviews, and so that I, I I appreciate the extent to which people have made an effort to keep this movie in the conversation, at least as far as it has been in the conversation, whether or not it gets any more support past this. Um, and then you've got stuff like Steven Yun for burning in the supporting actor category, which is awesome. I mean, he's just great in that movie and deserves that kind of attention. So you're that's talking about the LA film critics. Yeah. Yeah. Still in LA film critics here. I, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff here that, um, differs from both New York film critics and some others. You got yeah, they did a great job. I thought they did well uh, recognizing Hurwitz and for First Man and Nicholas Bertel for uh, If Beale Street Could Talk. I, I like that they have the runners up. Unlike the New York film critics, I don't like that. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I I, I like it personally to see. I think it's you know from an academic. It helps. I think it helps to push more names out there. Well, but it also I think on some level detracts from the finality of giving an award to something. That's sort of that is what's so friggin' hard. If I could have given done a top thirty list of my favorite movies of the year, I would have. But I chose top eighteen because you got to cap it somewhere. And I mean, top 18 is for wusses. you got to do 10, yeah, man. you got to do 10. So like, yeah, I mean, look, maybe I'm mildly, <laughs> mildly a wuss when it comes to these things, but at least I don't allow us to list the runners-up for New York Film Creek. So <laughs> I, I just think that's giving you a hard time, man. I don't know what it is. <laughs> that one's going to go viral. But I don't, I don't think it's uh, – I don't think it's – <laughs> doing favors to the actual winners let's put it that way i got it i got it i got but, it but uh but i did like that best editing went to minding the gap new york film critics circle doesn't even have an editing award so it's interesting for that that they give it to a documentary in that movie you know oh and then the idas were over the weekend which is the in, in, uh, documentary association um so that went to minding the gap which was a surprise yeah exactly that movie definitely has It'll get on the short list for sure, yeah. and probably the final five for the documentaries. And then you also had one another thing that I thought was interesting about uh, speaking of documentaries. Their their best documentary award went to Shirkers, uh, which is Sandy Tan's film that's on Netflix right now. And I would say yeah, kind of really entertaining, very interesting. I film. hope it gets on the short list. I think it's a, a long shot for the for the final five. Um, I'm beginning. I'm, I mean, we have to assume that that won't you be my neighbor is still in the running uh, for the final five. Um, but what's going to happen is that next week on December the seventeenth, we will have uh, for the first time nine categories of the Oscars all announced on one day. The shortlists, and we will find out what the uh, shortlists are for foreign, for doc, for doc short, animated short, live action short, and composer and um, song, uh, all all in one day. A lot of broken hearts. Going to be a yep. lot of people upset about and VFX. VFX. Yep, exactly. The thing about it is that so few people actually understand how this works. 
So it's, it's going to seem very personal to people and like, you know, this or that thing doesn't get there. This, you just know that it's going to, the negativity element is going to come first and, and we'll see how that all breaks down. But it'll be interesting to talk it through, but don't well, forget. We haven't even talked about Kevin Hart and what happened with I the Academy. With that. Last week we, we recorded right before all that stuff went down. So it's, it's a weird moment for the Oscars because as all these awards come out, there's also just an open question about what this ceremony is going to even look like. If nobody wants to host it and they don't have a host. Well, they had a meeting they, last night, which they have, they did not announce uh, the results of, at least not so far as I know so far. Um, and basically um, they are uh, considering what I think they need to consider, which is having no, no host at all. Um, they didn't have a backup. They did not have a backup. They had Kevin Hart lined up and they didn't think there was going to be a problem. And if there was a problem, they thought they could work it out with him by having him apologize. And um, obviously he wasn't willing to do that. Thinking about his own audience and his own yes. core followers. Stupid. I mean, I just, his they didn't handle it. Somehow it just didn't get handled properly somewhere along the line. Or well, I think rogue, some finally. people have made an important point, which is that something is, a little murky about who actually has the authority here because you have the Academy in a deal with ABC and ABC it's the Academy that has the authority here. But, but at the same time, you know that ABC is putting a call into the Academy. Of pressure on the Academy to uh, get the Kevin Hart, who actually could have boosted, maybe, maybe pushed the needle a little bit on the ratings. It's a very interesting situation because, um, and a lot, a lot of people are beginning to recognize that the, that the, there's a, as the Academy has shifted to um, recognize what are the quality films of the year, which are not necessarily the most popular films of the year, which is why they were trying to uh, deal with that. Um, uh, they, there is a, a, it is possible that, that, that ABC isn't the right place to host the Oscars, that this, that this clash is, of cultures is, is inevitable where the pressure on the Academy is to come up with some kind of, of, audience booster uh, right. that is mainstream. It is a right? philosophical. You have all these great ideas of people like, you know, Kumail Nanjiani and, and Kate um, McKinnon, you know, we, we would like to see indie spirits hosts yeah. you know, on the Oscars, but that's not going to happen. It's not going to bring millions of viewers, unfortunately. And, and they have to go that way. They, they can't go uh, toward their own base. That's why I said they should ask Will Smith. I mean, maybe they already did, and he doesn't want to do it. But what's his baggage? There's too many risks for everyone. I mean, I guess that is the, the end the up getting way. bad reviews. You know, that's yep. that's the issue. The, the talk show hosts can survive it because they have enough enough popularity and support. But that that's why they keep going back to the talk show hosts because they're good on their feet. They know how to do it. They they're not scared of it. But um, it's it's really interesting. I, they're going to probably go with no host at all. Which just sounds so. I mean, I guess you have to figure out how to how to program the the show itself to keep it engaging because the 
uh, it's a different scale, but the Gotham Awards had no hosts this year. That was a relatively thankless job because it, you're, it's, it's a dinner. It's, it's, it's live stream. Why people watch that on the live stream? I mean, literally, it's a single camera on a podium. Yeah, I mean, it's, you don't really – I mean, they, they just come out and make a couple of jokes at the beginning, and that's it. A lot of comics have bombed there. John Cameron Mitchell didn't go over super well last year. But he's John Cameron Mitchell. He's just doing his thing. But, it, but it, you know, the show – moved along i suppose but it wasn't particularly memorable because you didn't have somebody to add that extra flavor and i do think that the host element allows for some kind of a you know narrative through line over the course of the evening and without yeah, that people sort of riffing on and get on gags and creating gags but but it's it's um i'm i'm I, I do think that that the you know ABC would like nothing better than to be in charge of the Oscars, but I'm not sure that would be a good thing. The question is who would be a better about what plays on television the best or not the same. It's not the same. The Oscars still have to play in the room to the Academy itself, you know, and to the people who love movies around the world that doesn't that's not what abc cares about right that's a there's a paradox there well yeah. maybe netflix should air the oscars and just be a live stream oh, that's a whole nother uh discussion <laughs> i mean that's what kind of where we're heading anyway the funny thing is it's like without a host how do you make fun of stuff like that i mean you had so no, the people who were there you still have writers so you would have people coming in it would put more you know it would be fun it is it would just put more pressure on the on the various presenters to do their shticks. I mean, someone like Ben Stiller, you know, putting on his, his uh, avatar outfit, you know, that you could have some real fun. Yeah. I mean, you you could have a a couple of funny people throughout. All the hosts that we would love to suggest could be presenters and, and really deliver. Kate McKinnon and Kamal Nanjiani and somebody wants Werner Herzog to be one of the you know, yeah the was Emily Nussbaum put that up there and <laughs> not going to get ratings but you that's a great idea well I, I would love the idea of him doing like a like his voice booming out of the speakers to read the nominees <laughs> wouldn't in some people in in you know certain parts of the country would be just like baffled by it but it wouldn't necessarily hurt the ratings either way so they should think about that <laughs> I don't know maybe you and I should host i'm thinking we should be producing the oscars (laughs) i mean the thing is who knows what what will happen exactly but it's it's just kind of funny because we spend months and months talking about this thing and then it just kind of happens and for most people who are watching at home it's kind of like whatever it's the oscars i mean who who knows if it'll have an impact no matter who what they do even if they do have an amazing brilliant host it could still be another reason the host has less impact than the movies and so what's what we're hearing from sag and just to go back around to the beginning is we have these popular movies that are going to be you know we have a star is born and black panther and black klansman and bohemian rhapsody and Crazy Rich Asians, possibly. This is not the norm, normal art film uh, universe that the Oscars have lately been inhabiting. Weird times. Okay, well, next week we'll have, obviously, a lot to talk about with all these short lists. So I'll be taking notes, and I know you will be, too. Until then, have a great weekend, in, and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye, Eric.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.